You're listening to Deliberate Living, a podcast that inspires, empowers, and encourages listeners to live life more authentically. My name is Holly Priestley, and I'm a full-time nomad and creator who has been living in my 1997 Ford van since January 1st of 2019. I travel the United States with my dog, learning how to live with more authenticity. I explore different ways people choose to ditch the prescribed life we've all been sold and live on their terms, finding freedom and happiness however they choose. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Deliberate Living Podcast. I am your host, Holly Priestley, and this week we have Sarah Marcella. Is that how you pronounce your last name? Correct. Excellent, of the Booty Bus. And I am so excited to have her on the show this week. Sarah bought her bus about a year ago, and she has been full-time living and being a photographer out of the bus for the last six months. And I'm super excited to share her story, partially because, you know, it's a woman doing an amazing thing. And also because her business is all about kind of empowering other women to also be amazing and wonderful. And obviously that's something that I'm all about here at the Deliberate Living Show. So hello, Sarah. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yay. I'm so excited. Um, so for the audience who doesn't know you, who doesn't know your business, who doesn't know your background, can you give like a brief high level overview of who you are and how we got here? Yeah. So, um, after living in DC doing commercial and editorial photography for about close to 10 years, I think I've been in business for about eight, eight to nine years now. So I lived in DC for 10 years and COVID hit And my business went from being like very successful, I should say very financially successful um, to not being very financially successful uh, very quickly because uh, photography is not an essential business. And so that was one of the first things that I think people kind of cut out. So even though I was still working during the pandemic, um, my prices dropped and my overall shoot schedule really uh, kind of fell apart. So um last year it was year 2020 actually I went on a road trip in my Subaru Forester built a bed in the back and traveled around the country in that and on the last day of my road trip I decided that I wanted to do this full time but in a more deliberate manner um the Subaru was just a little I'm almost six feet tall and it was a little tight at times (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So even though I fit, um, I didn't necessarily fit comfortably. Um, and I do miss the simplicity of the Subaru, but I upgraded to a third freight bus. Uh, it's a 2007 and started building that out. Uh, did that in about two and a half months and then hit the road. Um, and for the first few months it was, I was definitely part-time. I would, uh, my, partner lives in California. And so I would go stay with her for a few weeks and then go back on the road for a few weeks. And so I was kind of doing that. And this trip that I'm currently on was only supposed to be about two months. And I uh, was leaving the dogs with her. I was hitting the road, just doing a quick little tour around the country and then coming right back to California to our apartment. And she deployed. 
So uh, I got a call and had to turn around and come back. And so now I'm living on the road uh, full time for the last six months with my two dogs. And um, what I do on the road, so the bus, her name, the bus's name is Shakti. And the business that I run on the road is called the Booty Bus. And I empower women and non-binary individuals through self-love photography. So whatever that that means to you, um, specifically, I do a lot of boudoir. So um it can be clothed, sometimes it's naked, but it's all adventurous, it's all outside. We hike to our locations and uh, yeah, we just have a really good time. I think that's friggin' awesome. What a cool pivot to have made like out of necessity, but also it sounds like a lot of passion is going into it. I mean, like, I know yeah. that you, you're not gonna be on the road if you don't enjoy it enough because it's fucking hard <laughs> to live on the road it's um, so dude it's so hard uh I just I I honestly um can't even like last night I thought I had everything fixed I've had a lot of breakdowns at the bus a lot of breakdowns in the past year so I've like you said I've on the bus for a little over a year my dog just fell off the bed sorry if you heard that <laughs> um so in the past year, I've replaced the transmission, the radiator, the exhaust, all the tires, the batteries. Um, I've replaced the shifter and the dash electronics just last month. So it's been, it's been, it's been rough. And uh, last night, um, I'm in Maine right now, and we got a crazy, crazy, crazy storm that came through yesterday. It rained just like straight for eight hours, like just torrential downpours. And I have a new leak in the bus that I had never had before. So last night, I just like at 11 o'clock at night, we're throwing a tarp over the bus and I've got a bucket underneath of the of my fan. And I'm just like, well, hopefully my fan will still work in the morning. It does. Thank God. Um, but yeah, dude, this is hard. It really is. And um, it's. I will say that living in the bus, even though I've been doing it much longer than the Subaru, the Subaru, the simplicity of the Subaru is so much easier than this bus. <laughs> so much easier. Yeah. There's pros and cons to getting more space, I think for sure. <coughs> um, I mean, I've only had one van the entire time. Um, but like now that I'm in a house, I have a smaller car. I have a little, um, jeep and it is uh it's big enough for me to like sleep in the back maybe not you because you're like way taller than I am <laughs> but there's definitely <laughs> having a much smaller vehicle like you can go park it anywhere you want you don't have to worry so much about like accessibility um and I mean foresters can be kind of low to the ground anyway but like the jeep is high I don't worry about anything really at oh, all yeah and with a bus, like you have to be so much more aware of where you're driving in cities, but also not in cities like you, like yeah. boondocking, you have to be really aware of where you're going and what the road's going to be like and, and all of those things. Um, yeah. I imagine living in a forester with two pretty sizable dogs would be kind of impossible as well. Yeah. I did not have, so I didn't have the dogs whenever, um, Rosie, we just adopted like a year and a half ago. Um, yeah, maybe a little less than that. And Junior, we've had for five years, but um, he was with my partner in California. So I traveled in the Subaru by myself, which 
was very needed because I don't think I would have gotten as much out of it had I had dogs. And I really need that time to like learn about myself and yeah. not have to worry about taking care of another individual. Um, but yeah, living, I mean, the bus, there's enough space that like, I don't feel super crowded. They are, so they're pit bulls. And if you or any of your listeners have ever been around pit bulls, they have to be, they're attached to you at all times. They're like toddlers. Yes. They, they can't like be toddlers. away. Oh my God. They can't be away from you at all. So like, I've got one underneath my feet right now. One is in the back, but they just want to be with me at all times. I had to put a doggy gate up in my bus because they would come up front with me. And I'm like, no, you yeah. have to stay in the back. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Lisa, you can, if you're watching the YouTube version, you can see she's sitting right behind me. Um, but she was like, I've had her for 14 years. So she obviously vanned with me the entire time that we were full-time in it. Um, and she loves being in the van because she was with me 24 hours a day. Prior yeah. to living in the van, I had an apartment and like, a you know, a quote unquote regular ish life. My life was never that regular, but I tried. Um, but I would like, even though I worked for myself most of the time, uh, I would still leave the house and I would leave yep. her in the house. And then as soon as we moved into the van, it was like, I can't leave you in the van for temperature reasons or, you know, guilt <laughs> or whatever. Yep. No, I totally uh, get it. Yeah. Yeah. She really got a lot out of being in the van full time with me because she just could be with me 24 hours a day. Um, and it, it definitely changes the road experience to go from like oh, yeah. by yourself to having dogs that you have to be aware of in, in, in logistical ways, in emotional ways, um, and financial all, ways, all the other it's, ways. Yeah. It's, it's everything. Yeah, it <laughs> is. And like, um, I do. I mean, I've got a lot of ways to keep them cool because when I do go to, to shoots or if I do like run errands, as long as they're ever in the bus by themselves is maybe 45 minutes to an hour and a half. Um, mm -hmm. I really don't like, especially during the day, I don't leave them in the bus by themselves. So I've got cooling vests for them. I've got tons of fans. I've got a swamp cooler. And even with that, like, even when I, like, I went grocery shopping for 20 minutes the other day and I was still so concerned. I, and I've got like my um reflectix so like i've got everything to cool the bus and even with that it's just that that guilt you're talking about is it's real yeah absolutely absolutely um so how did you pivot from doing commercial photography to doing self-empowerment primarily boudoir photography what was that mental process and logistical process like um, so it's something, boudoir is something that I've always wanted to do. Uh, it's always been something that, that I have found very, I, it's always just been near and dear to my heart and I've always been pulled towards it. However, the traditional sense of boudoir, I wasn't really, it, that didn't speak to me because it's like, you come in, you get your hair and makeup done and you wear these fancy outfits and these heels and it just feels like you're like transforming into somebody else. Whereas, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I wanted to really focus on like the natural beauty. So I wasn't able to really hone in on like how to be the type of boudoir photographer I am now before the bus. Like I just never came up with the idea. And then the bus and the boudoir business really grew together. Um, 
and that transition is something that I'm still kind of going through because I still do a lot of commercial work because all my, all my boudoir is pay what you can um, when I'm in the bus, like on tours. So right now I'm touring for the next two months. So it's all pay what you can, um, which does not support financially. I need another way to make money to pay my healthcare and my credit card bills and the bus because the bus is expensive. Um, so pretty much the pay what you can um, is there to, right now it's pretty much just been supporting me fuel wise. Like I'm not even necessarily breaking even on it, but um, it's still a new business. So it's still, it still has time. It's like in the baby growth period. So it's still trying to gain, you know, notoriety and people trust me, you know? Um, but yeah, so I, I would say that right now I'm still in that pivoting. Like I still come back to DC and pick up a bunch of commercial work so that I can like replenish my bank account. And then I go on the road and that's kind of my plan for the next, however long I can do this because I love offering pay what you can. Um, but I also love financial stability and it's really hard to have financial stability do like when you don't know how much you're getting paid. Um, part of my pay what you can structure, I require everyone, uh, all the individuals I work with to not tell me how much they're paying me prior to the shoot and not to pay me prior to the shoot. Um, that is to keep it so everyone feels that they are getting a fair shoot um, and that there, every single shoot's 45 minutes, unlimited outfit changes. I kind of work with the, the client to see like which outfits work best in which locations, but I want everyone to feel like they're getting the same exact service, no matter how much they're paying. Um, and I do ask like if, if individuals are planning on using them for their own, you know, marketing, whether that's on OnlyFans or however they'd like to use their photos, they're allowed to. I just ask them like to keep those things in mind when they're paying me, because if you're going to make money off of it, like think about it. Cause it's really like, I trust that people, it's really, like I said, pay what you can. So I trust that people who have more means will pay more so that I can keep doing it for people who don't have the means. But I think that boudoir is something that's so healing and so empowering and so important to experience with this like level of self-love. And it helps you go on this, like this transformative journey of just learning how to love yourself in this moment of time um, that everyone has the chance to experience this no matter how much uh, it is. And boudoir has always been known as a more uh, expensive form of photography or more of a luxury. Um, so I'm hoping that between still keeping up with my commercial clients and coming back to DC and, and booking those editorial shoots, I can continue to support myself financially so I can keep doing the work that I, I'm passionate about and I feel like I'm called to be doing, which is the pay what you can adventure boudoir. Yeah, I think that's amazing. Um, and I, I mean, I've been self-employed for a very, very long time. So I certainly understand the balance between needing a regular income because yeah, bills to pay, especially if you're living in a bus like and buses are very expensive on their own, especially if they break down. Gas is five, six, seven dollars a gallon right now. Um, it's a little, it's kind oh, of yeah. a wild time to be trying to go through that. Um, but then also, you know, we humans need more purpose than I think our current culture allows us to really pursue. Um, and so I think that that's a really beautiful part of your story in that 
you're finding the balance between the logistical needs that you have, but then the emotional, like, this is fulfilling. I want to offer this. This is what I'm called here to do, um, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's really important um, for our listeners for two reasons. One, because, you know, everybody should go out and get some sexy pictures of themselves taken. It feels really good. Um, And two, you know, if you're in a phase of life where you're focusing more on one than the other, you're focusing more on being fulfilled, but you're stressed out about finances, or you're focusing more on being like logistically secure, but you're feeling run down and burnt out. You know, there, there are ways to make it work, to find the balance and it, it, they might be less traditional. They might be more alternative, but it can be done. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I'm still very much in, in figuring it all out. Like I'm just kind of going with the flow and, um, I book as many of the boudoir shoots as I can so that it does support, you know, so that I'm not at least losing money. Like I'm able to at least support me getting back to California. Um, (laughs) but yeah, it's all about that balance. And I really thought that I would be able to give up my commercial work, um, and just do this full time. But uh, after now doing it for six months, that doesn't look like it's a, a feasible option. Um, just because I definitely need some type of like steady income. So it's been a lot of, of self-realization and giving up what, not giving up, but, um, redefining what the dream looks like, right? Like yeah. understanding that, like, there can be adjustments made. And just because I'm not able to do it in the way that I saw it happening at one time, that doesn't mean that it's any less special or any less meaningful to me. It's just, I've had to make some adjustments so that I can keep it going. Because if I were to just do this full time, it would be on a shorter scale. You know, I wouldn't be able to go as long. So I'm really hoping to do this for a long period of time um, and create, like you said, that, that balance, that, that financial stability, but yet still doing what I'm passionate about and called to do. Yeah. I love that concept of like redefining the dream and redefining success, because I think that, um, I think that there can be such a weight attached to, uh, I'm going to go out and I'm going to go do this non-traditional thing and it's going to look exactly this way. And if it doesn't, I failed. And whether that means, you know, whether you're telling yourself that you failed or whether, you know, the, there might be people in your former life who are like, I don't think you can do that. And like, you have this, um, like kind of competitive edge of like, you tell me I can't, I'm definitely going to, uh, I think, I think they can be valuable, but, um, I don't think that there is failure or shame in redefining the dream to make it work because, you know, as, as idealistic, as living on the road can be as hashtag van life, hashtag blessed as it can be. It's also really fucking hard (laughs) and everybody's version of it looks different. And you don't know what you don't know until you get into it. You can do as much research as you want. You can watch as many YouTubes as you want. You can listen to as many podcasts as you want. And then you try out your alternative lifestyle, whether that's being on the road, being an entrepreneur, both neither, uh, and hers is still going to have to look different based on your circumstances. And, you know, unfortunately, fortunately, we do have the constrictions and the limitations of 
life and society the way that it is. And uh, I mean, I think as a creative, you know, that sometimes like having limitations makes you more creative. It makes you uh, produce more work. And so it's not necessarily a bad thing to have to redefine your dream and to redefine success. I think that that can be really beautiful and even more empowering than, you know, having everything go totally smoothly the way you dreamed it would from the beginning. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. And I think like, too, it makes you, at least for me, I found that it makes me a much more empathetic person. Like, because I have been very humbled by this experience. Like very, my ego has been put into check so many times, <laughs> which I really appreciate. Cause one of the things that before doing this, I feel like I started to, I really had lost touch with like my heart and like who I wanted to be and the person who I, I used to be. And I had transitioned into this, like, I, I don't want to say egotistical person, but there was definitely a side of me that like, I didn't recognize anymore and living on the road and the people that you meet and the hardships that you go through and realizing that you never know everything. Even when you think you figured stuff out, it still breaks down. It's still like, you're constantly being, the universe is constantly putting you in check and being like, Hey, you think it's going to go this way, but that's not how it's going to go. But don't worry because there's a lesson to be learned. Like, And I feel like that's how the whole process has been. And so even though it's been hard and even though there are days that I feel really defeated, it's, I think in the long run, like it has made me such a better loving human um, just because I, I'm just so much more empathetic towards other people and I don't judge as harsh or I try not to judge at all, but I think it's just human nature. Sometimes we still do. Um, and I've just through this whole process, I've just learned a lot about myself and that comes with like being lonely. That comes with having to make all the decisions on your own, like in a lifestyle that is difficult and confusing at times and can be scary. And a lot of people try to talk you out of because they see it as being unsafe when you're so low female on the road coming up with like yeah (laughs) like all of that confidence too that I never had before in myself and I never felt like I could make my own decisions um confidently that's it's just been so life-changing so even even with the adjustments and even though it doesn't look like I thought it would when I first started it's just been such a beautiful journey that I just really appreciate and um I'm still, I mean, I'm, it's still challenging every single day, but I love the process. I do. I love the process. I really do. Good. I, I mean, I think that that's good because otherwise you wouldn't still be doing it. You'd find some other way to love the process. I want to take a minute to talk about the sponsor for this episode that is the app Rerouted. With Rerouted, you can buy, sell, and donate used outdoor gear online instantly and automatically. As soon as it sells, you just print out a shipping label and you pop it in the mail. There's no hassle. You never have to deal with any strangers. It's a pretty painless process. One of the reasons I love Rerouted so much is because they are committed to access, sustainability, and affordability for all users. They're really into the circular economy and keeping things out of landfills. And that is just something I really enjoy. Um, And so if you want to try Rerouted for the first time, you can get 10% off of your first purchase with them with the link that is in the description below. And then also if you are clearing out your closet and making some more space for some new gear, 
uh, get in touch with me and I can put you in touch with their wizard so that you can list your first five items for free on their site. Again, that is rerouted. Thank you so much for sponsoring the show and let's get back to our chit chat. So you mentioned something that comes up all the time, especially for solo females, uh, other people thinking that you are being unsafe and other people projecting their fears, their concerns, whatever onto you. Um, since you've been full-time in your bus for six months now, uh, have you noticed any changes in the attitudes of the people around you or have you noticed any changes in yourself um, specifically around feeling safe and, and having confidence in your abilities? Yeah, I really, really have. I think part of it too comes with the fact that I'm now traveling with two dogs. So I do, my concerns went from fear-based or anxiety-based concerns to anxiety-based concerns around my dogs, like making sure they're always comfortable. Um, Because at the end of the day, like there are two pit bulls who are going to do whatever it takes to protect the woman that feeds them every single day. Like, so I feel very, I feel like the fear and I I think that it's important to still have that gut feeling. So there have been times that like, I still get a gut feeling and I I rethink a situation. Um, I do think people, especially with the dogs have really changed their attitude towards me. And now that I have been doing it longer um, and it's interesting too, because I think there, I, I can't, I feel like there was like less hesitation when I was doing it in the Subaru than when I did it in the bus. And I don't know if that's because the amount of people who know now that I'm doing this, like, uh, compared to the amount of people that knew I was living out of the Subaru, but I definitely felt like there was a lot more concern for my safety moving into the bus. Um, but I think that what's changed a lot too, is the way that I respond is, I, it does, I don't let it affect me in the way that it used to. I used to get like really annoyed and really frustrated and I still do from time to time. Um, just because I, it angers me that as women, that's like the first thing people think about is our safety. Um, so I think that the way that I respond though has changed and just, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I definitely feel like I I feel much safer than I ever have um, previously, like living not like not bus life. Like mm-hmm. I really enjoy, like I feel like I always, like I know my home, like the back of my hand and I feel safer in my bus than I did living in an apartment, except for weather. Weather still scares me. Weather is like, that's, that's where my fear comes in. Last night with the rain, I was like, what if there's a land, I'm parked slightly on a hill and I'm like, what if there's a mudslide and I just slide down into this Creek? So like, those are things that still come into mind, but I'm not as fearful of the human, you know, yeah, human, human monsters, you know, totally, totally more of a sense of like capability and empowerment that yeah. you have before in terms of like trusting yourself and your abilities and dogs always. Yeah. Um, it does. Yeah. And I've gotten very comfortable too with like, I sit up front with pepper spray, like 
I, even though like, I feel like your intuition is your biggest weapon. Like I still carry pepper spray with me everywhere, which uh-huh. I did in the city anyway. So it's not like that's a life change. Um, so yeah. <laughs> I think also uh, one thing you mentioned living in the forest or traveling in the forest versus the bus, maybe from uh, the outside, the forester was more like, oh, she's taking a trip. She's going camping. This is temporary. This is short term. This is fine. And the bus is more like, this is conspicuous and a lifestyle change. And it makes us less comfortable because it seems bigger, like physically bigger, but also like a a bigger change. Um, Or permanent. Yeah. 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 When people, when I moved into my van, there were a lot of people who were projecting their fears and concerns onto me. Um, especially with, uh, you know, like, are you putting all your stuff in storage? And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Like, what if you hate it? Well, then I'll just get new stuff. Yeah. Whatever. Like there's always Craigslist. There's always garage sales, but like the, the stuff thing kind of got people, um, and it seemed like that was like the, the more of the commitment that I was making was like, oh, you're actually getting rid of everything. Like, yeah, because if I give myself too much of an easy out, I'm going to probably take it. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> I don't, that's one that I don't get a lot. And I wonder if it's because I have such a large rig um, that I don't get that one as much. I mean, sometimes people ask me like the see the amount of shoes I have and I, in my past life, I used to wear like like years ago, I wore like only designer clothes and designer handbags and paid way too much money to get my hair, makeup, nails, eyebrows, eyelashes done. I was, I really, I, I've really transformed. And I think part of that is that because I'm more comfortable with myself now. So I feel like I don't have to do all of that every day. I don't have to put a show on anymore. Um, But yeah, when people see the amount of shoes I have, they're like, where are all your shoes? I'm like, that's it. Like, they're like, what about your heels? I'm like, I don't own heels anymore. They sink into the ground. I don't need heels. Like, <laughs> like the heels yeah. don't work in the desert and heels don't work in the woods. So I don't own heels. Yeah. yeah. It's not a practical lifestyle choice. <laughs> yeah. No, I still have really cute shoes. Like I can still get dressed up, but um, also I'm six foot tall, so I don't need heels, but sometimes I still like to wear them. Uh, yeah, but that, I think that that's a question that I haven't gotten a whole lot of. I think people were concerned too about like where I was going to keep like all my photography equipment. That was, that's a lot of, yeah. Yeah. And I do, um, I have a secret storage place that I don't share with anyone just so that it stays a secret, but I do have like secret storage that I can put all my gear into and keep it locked. Um, and I think that that, especially my parents, made them feel more comfortable. But yeah, I, I don't get that question a whole lot about where's all your stuff. Yeah, I think, I mean, I was never, um, you know, into shoes and like designer clothes and, and that sort of thing. It was more just like, like, you're not even going to keep your couch. Like, no, what am I going to do? Yeah. A couch. Um, and Put it I, on top of the van. Like, yeah, that's not practical. It's not going to happen. I had a friend in Denver who, um, cause I was living in Denver before I moved into the van and she, um, was living more in like the downtown area and she was right on a light rail line and her work was also pretty close to the light rail line. And like her life just kind of lived on this light rail line. <laughs> 
And after a couple of years of this, she got rid of her car because having a car was too much stress. You know, she, she didn't have like, uh, her apartment complex didn't have enough interior garage spaces. So she'd have to park it outside. And then she was worried about it getting vandalized. She was worried about hailstorms. She was worried about, you know, all these things. So she got rid of her car. And to me, that was just like, what the hell are you doing? How can you not have a car? Like, I would feel so like trapped without a car. I always have to have a car. Like that is my freedom vessel, blah, blah, blah. And then as I'm in the middle of this, like, what the fuck are you thinking? I was like, oh, this is how people feel about me not having a house. (laughs) (laughs) That is really interesting. That's a super interesting perspective. Yeah. 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 That kind of helped me like realize like, oh, this is how, okay. Okay. Interesting. But um, what is something that you would tell the you of maybe two years ago, three years ago, who didn't necessarily see this as being on the horizon? Um, And, you know, I think you said that before the pandemic, you were like you were on a mission. You had uh, good clients. Job was secure and steady and you might have had a little bit of an ego. Uh, What would you tell that person today? with the experiences? Um, I think the thing that first comes to mind that is so blatantly obvious to me is um, I didn't know that you could live without anxiety. Like I thought everyone Mm -hmm. felt like I did in the morning. And so I'd wake up and like immediately, like I would have panic attacks on a daily basis. Like to the point I had a panic attack before where my legs turned blue. I've had panic attacks before where, yeah, like I've lost feeling in my fingers. Um, and I do take medication for it. So it's not all been fixed just because of this, but the journey of discovering yourself and discovering spirituality, whatever that means to you and, uh, learning to let go has been really, really powerful. And so I think that if I could have just known that I wouldn't be experiencing, what felt like, like life threatening anxiety every single day, like to the point that I could barely get out of bed. Um, I didn't, I didn't know life could be this way. I didn't know. And even now, like my issues, I still have problems. Like I still have things that I get anxious about, but it's not that insane impending doom that I felt from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to sleep. I used to like imagine that I was anywhere besides where I was. So I was constantly doing this whole, like, and as a creative person, it's really easy, but I would ride my bike to the, to the gym or I'd ride my bike anywhere. And I'd pretend that I was in San Diego riding my bike. And I just started to like fixate on that. And I started to fixate on the idea of not being in Alexandria, Virginia. And that just added to all the anxiety. So um, anyone out there with anxiety, I just think there's a lot, there's a lot of ways that you can work through it. And I've tried therapy. I've had pill, I've done pills. I've tried a lot of different things. And I really think that doing what I considered was the really hard work, which was like turning inward and looking at myself and all the self brought on problems that I've had because I didn't do that work to like grow myself from the inside out. Um, that really changed my life. Yeah. Oh man, what, what a powerful thing to go back and tell yourself. That is definitely one thing about 
taking an alternative lifestyle, especially one like being on the road where you are in full control over what happens. You have to make all the decisions every day and all of those things. Uh, you're not going to successfully or for very long run away from your problems. You are going to have them. You're going to have to face them. And, you know, when you move into a tiny space, it's just you, you're still there yeah. and you got to yeah. deal with you. And that's, I think that's a, a common thread among um, most of the people that I've talked to who have been on the road for, for a length of time um, mm -hmm. is that, yeah, you, you do come face to face with yourself and you have to, uh, to fucking deal. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of shadows. And like I said, like one of the things that I always wanted to let go of, and I remember thinking it um, like in my third, like in my thirties, I'm still in my thirties, but like when I was 30 years old, just remembering like, man, I wish I didn't have this ego that I, I'm carrying around. Like, I wish that things weren't so, and I don't want to say like so easy, but like work just kind of fell on my lap and I didn't feel like I was being as challenged as I'd like to be. And I felt like I was starting to think more with a business brain than my heart. And I've never enjoyed, like, I love thinking with my heart, even though it might not be financially stable or like, <laughs> an easier lifestyle. I love that. I think with my heart, like that's one of my favorite things. Um, and so I forgot what I was going to say, but yeah, I, I just think that the process of, of having to turn inward and see your own shadows and deal with them is really powerful. Yeah. So, uh, you said that you're going to be on tour for the next two months. Where are you going? Do you still have openings for your pay as you can, uh, boudoir photography, adventure, boudoir, adventure, self-empowerment, however you worded it. Do you still have openings? <laughs> Where are you going? <laughs> I do. So to answer your question, I still have tons of availability, um, so currently I am in Maine, I'm here through Sunday and then I hit the road, um, and I'm going to Flint, Michigan, Omaha, Nebraska, Denver, Salt Lake city, Portland, Oregon, Bend. I'm, I'm, I've got a whole slew, like a whole list on my website of everywhere I'm going. And I still have a lot of availability. There are certain cities that are pretty booked up Denver and Salt Lake, but I am happy to, uh, entertain the idea of taking some more clients there. Um, but yeah, and then if you're just, if you happen to be in a city nearby there, hit me up and I'll see if I can make a little pit stop. Um, but yeah, I'm always, even if I can't pick you up on this tour, um, I'll be doing another one in late February where I'm going down into Arizona, New Mexico, uh, Southern California. So I'm always, I'm always going to be on the move. <laughs> awesome. And what is your website? It is www.bootybus.com. So booty uh, is B-O-U-D-I-E. So thebootybus.com. And on Instagram, I'm big booty bus. So again, booty, B-O-U-D-I-E, just like boudoir. Awesome. And I will link to all of that in the show notes as well. And, you know, when this comes out, you'll be tagged on all the Instagrams and all the things. 
Um, but thank you so much, Sarah, for being a part of this. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It. Thank you so much. <laughs> and as always, thank you so, so, so much to everybody who is listening to the show, who is watching on YouTube. Um, I really appreciate everybody who has ever downloaded even a single episode of the Deliberate Living podcast. I have been producing the show for over two years now, and I wouldn't still be doing it if I didn't think that it was having some kind of positive impact on you guys out there. So thank you so much. I really appreciate all the messages I get, any likes, comments, shares, etc. If you want to support the show in financial ways, um, I would also greatly appreciate that. It is not a free thing to produce. It takes a lot of hours each week. Um, and then also there are costs associated with um, editing and hosting and uh, publishing the show each week. If you want to contribute um, financially in any way, I have a Venmo and a PayPal set up. I also have a a podcast specific Patreon where you can get some extra long episodes, bonus episodes, and the rapid fire question mini sodes with some of my previous guests. That is linked in the show notes below. Uh, if you want to follow me personally, I am Holly C. Priestley on Instagram, Facebook, pretty much everywhere. <laughs> it's just my name. I'm real creative. Um, the podcast has its own Instagram that is a lot less active, but it is there. And um, yeah, thank you all so much for being here. And I hope you tune in next week for another excellent episode. Bye.